Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to episode number two of the Inner Circle Podcast. My name is Trey Morton, and I am here with Will Stone. Yeah, Tim what's Hoffman. up, guys? Oh, oh and Tim Verhees. Hey, hey. <laughs> there is going to be some rust tonight. There's going to be some rust. I think we're on a little bit of a delay, so it's not perfect. Right. Can we start over? Can we start over? Yeah, we're good. I think we're just gonna leave this in, but let's let's pretend like we're not. Okay, all right. I'll, I'll start over. I'm gonna I'm gonna say your names and then just say hi. Okay. okay. There there was like a, there was like a four second delay and Will didn't say anything, so I moved on. I'm like, all right. Okay. We'll start over. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to episode two of the inner circle podcast i am trey morton joined by william stone what's up tim hoffman it's me and tim verkees what's up what's up so we've been gone for a little bit as you may have noticed about a month between our last podcast but we do have news big time news and a little bit of the reason why we haven't put out a show recently and we'll start with will stone yeah, we had a long Christmas break. It was a nice Christmas break, and it was a very busy Christmas break, and that's why we didn't pod at all, because tonight is actually our first four-state episode. We are being represented by uh, Trey in Nodak, and Hoffman in New Mexico, and Tim V in Nebraska at the moment, and myself in Georgia. Uh, I moved to Macon, Georgia um, to do uh, grad assistantship and kind of jack of all trades, creative social thingamajigger at uh, Mercer University. And I've been with the Bears for a little bit and it's been a good time. But uh, had my first uh, nice exchange where creative differences and all that stuff. So, you know, we're, we're fitting in just fine already. So anyway, but I'm not the only member of the uh, inner circle, though, who had a big move. Because um, as I said, Tim Hoffman is now in New Mexico. Tim, tell us a little bit about that. I am. It is a whole different world down here. Um, New Mexico is still on major uh, COVID lockdown, um, so you can't really go out to eat, do anything. Our basketball teams are currently in Phoenix. Um, The men's basketball team has played three games so far this season, and um, just paused activities again. I don't think they've played since, like, it's probably been a month. Um, so they're in Phoenix. We are getting ready to kind of head up spring sports. Well, fall sports that turned into spring sports um, in a month. And that means probably heading over to El Paso to practice and play. Um, but yeah, this week, this upcoming week is my first official week and I'm just excited to be down here. So yeah, it was a, it was a crazy Christmas break. Tim, you did do an, an entire intro in an episode that we ended up scrapping. Will you tell the people where you're at? Yes, um, I am at New Mexico State um, in Las Cruces, New Mexico, which is 30 minutes from El Paso and 40 minutes from the Mexican border. I actually just listened to a podcast about Las Cruces the other day. Apparently seven people got shot in a bowling alley there. Yes, yep. there is... Yeah, actually, one of the suburbs is called Masilla, 
and one of the dudes got like hung on the square way back when. Nice. So that was so yeah, it was it's a popping town. Tim, tell us yep. tell us a little bit more about how you uh, how you got to New Mexico State. Um, so I had zero plans of actually doing anything like this. Um, I had put my resume up on a job board called COSIDA. Well, COSIDA is like the governing body of sports information directors or whatever. And put my resume up there for the sole purpose of getting a job in May. They reached out to me at the beginning of the December. And I was like, well, all my classes are online. So I took it. So yeah, it's uh, me as an intern and three other guys, which is a big shift from having like 15 people in the sole communications department at Nebraska, but it'll be a lot of fun. I'm really excited. So awesome. Awesome. Boys, we're very proud of you moving up in the world and you're not done yet. Tim V, what did you do during Christmas? I know you were quite busy. <laughs> uh, I mean, relatively compared to the other two, I guess I didn't do much. Um, but yeah, I was definitely busy. Um, back home in texas for like a month and a half um went out to i think i hit ended up hitting 16 total games while i was down there i believe that's the number um and yeah in a couple weeks uh pretty much went to two or three games every weekend uh it was cool i mean i when i came up to nebraska i didn't think i'd ever get the opportunity to cover texas high school football in my college career because just the way the 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 dates kind of lined up because of covid because of our long winter break and kind of just, you know, a cool kind of mix of things. Um, obviously, you know, different factors that are obviously bad, but came together for this good thing that, uh, you know, I got to cover Texas High football. I got to cover pretty much the back half of the season and the playoffs pretty much all the way until the state semifinals and came back the week before state state championships and got to cover uh, when it was all said and done. I think I covered two of the four state champions. Wow. Yeah, that's it's just mind boggling that like Texas high school football just got done. Yeah, it's it's but, absurd. Yeah. Like they got done yesterday. <laughs> like, I mean, it's you because usually what it's like the week before Christmas they get done. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And, like, yeah, and, no, and, and even that's done. late. Yeah. And even that like Nebraska's done, you know, right before Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. then Texas goes for another month. And then this year they went another two months. Yeah, it was wild. Absurd. It was cool, you know. I was able, I was able to kind of get ahead and meet up with a lot of coaches, a lot of players. Um, I'm really up early on the 2023 and 2024 class. I've got a couple names now that like I know. I've got better relationships with coaches and trainers and things of that sort. And I think I'm planning on going back in March for a week, potentially. Um, and then yeah, obviously seven on seven starting soon, so getting the circuit, uh, for a couple tournaments soon as well. Tim V, when are you done with school? Um, technically December twenty one, but um, yeah, there are some moves in the work to try and get out of here from in person classes in May. Let's go. So hire your boy, please. Yes. <laughs> hire Tim V. We'll get it. We'll get it. Yeah, we'll get it we started. Trey. No, I'm I'm still here. Okay. Oh. No. Trey, what did you do over Christmas? Uh, I. <laughs> Yeah, I'm just hanging out. Um, I, I went home for a couple days, didn't have a whole lot of time off, um, but got back and and then had to get ready for basketball to start. Uh, we had some stuff going on in the first, and then we had basketball games starting the second. So really didn't have a whole lot of a Christmas break, but uh, 
it was nice to get back and get started. I, I love being home, but uh, mm. sometimes when you get home for too long, you start being like, all right, well, I got I got stuff to do at home, and that kind of eats at you the last <laughs> couple of days. So wasn't too bad. It was nice That's... to get home and see the family. It was, it was kind of weird that nobody, in like my last few days, I was the only one of us that was in Nebraska. Yeah, that's actually true. It's even funnier too yeah. because I I actually relate a, a whole lot to what you're saying as far as the Christmas break goes, Trey. I uh, I was home from like maybe two or three days before Christmas and moved out on the 27th. Started here on the 28th, and you know that that's where we're at. So yeah, you you go home and get antsy, and suddenly you're like, all right, we got to get moving. Mm-hmm. Well, that's where we're at. Um, so I guess we'll transition into our next part, um, and we're going to talk a little bit about the NFL. That'll be kind of our starting place, and tonight's going to be kind of the old tangential episode where we kind of bounce off each other and see where we wind up and see what malarkey gets discussed. Um, but I think we're going to start by kind of addressing which teams we're rooting for and which teams we might be rooting against for the uh, NFC and AFC championship games and then the Super Bowl uh so trey we we'll start with you since we kind of went the other way just on this last part so tell us what you're feeling uh in your heart as it pertains to the nfl playoffs going forward big big loss today for the team i was rooting for i was, I was hopping on the browns bandwagon my uh <laughs> my roommate jordy is from canada and he decided the browns were going to be his team so he he was big into the browns and has been for quite some time so after the broncos didn't make it i hopped on them and a nice heartbreaking loss, but honestly, I don't have like a team I really want to win. I mean, like I'd love to see the Bills win just for the Bills because that would be amazing. Um, Rogers being on the Pat McAfee show all year, every Tuesday, just like it has made me like fall in love with Aaron Rodgers. So I love that man. And then I'd like to see Indomitian Sue and Levante David get a ring too. And uh, I mean, honorary Nebraska basketball player Mike Evans as well would be nice to see get a ring. Over there. Hey, what's Can the story behind that? that joke? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, okay. So, um, oh, I can't think of his name. The kid in 2013 that transferred to Nebraska from Texas Tech. Big, tall kid. Uh, dreads. Had the, the star tattoos by his shoulders. I can't think of his name. What was it? You said 2013? Yeah, I'll, I'll go. He, he, made, he made the tournament. Taran Petaway? Taran Petaway? Oh, Taran Petaway. Yeah, yeah. He and Mike Evans are like best friends. Oh, really? So I don't know. They they could be. I I just know that Mike Evans like came to some games and like they they had seen Mike Evans like wearing Nebraska basketball gear just because he got it from Train Petaway, and that that's like the connection there. So it there he was never going to play basketball at Nebraska. He was never anything with Nebraska. It was just his relationship with Train Petaway. I like that. Yeah, I I was very confused. Not to be lost in any of that. Uh, Khalil uh, Khalil Davis would also get a ring if the Buccaneers win. Oh, that is true. That is true. Also, anybody but the Chiefs. So that is point. the Husker team. Yeah. As long as the Chiefs don't win, I'm a happy boy. The Chiefs are gonna win, though. Like it, I watched that the Bucks Saints game tonight, and like, there's no way the Bucks hang with the Packers at all. I just, I just don't see the Chiefs beating the Bills without Mahomes. If Mahomes isn't healthy, but the thing is, is, it depends on how bad his concussion is. I could see no matter what, they kind of bring him back. 
Bro, this man was on a different planet. He had no clue where he was when he stood up. But he didn't he didn't get hit real hard though, which was kind of weird. No, but that that just means it's it's a build up of a bunch of small hits. They were saying on the broadcast that it was more like they thought that he struggled to get up because it was kind of like he got choked out from that hit. Yeah, I, I and there was too, like yeah. a lack of oxygen. And so instead of it being a concussion thing, because he did, he wound up running into the tunnel kind of no problem, like down the down the steps and everything. And there was kind of no point to bring him back into the game quite like that. And I think he was still kind of feeling it a little bit, but that it was more like he might have just been like kind of knocked out from the lack of oxygen rather than an actual hit to the head. Yeah, that, that's what I thought too. Because you look at that hit and that didn't look like a concussion, concussion-inducing hit. And there, and there's not many instances in a game where you get checked for a concussion protocol and they let you go back in. Exactly. Yeah. Like there, that doesn't happen very often. Yeah. And again, it, from an optics look, Goodell was in the house. Even like I'm not going to say there's a conspiracy right. or anything. I do think he legitimately was knocked out for a second because of either being choked out or because of a concussion. And yeah, he definitely didn't look right. But uh, Goodell was in the house, and just in general, the NFL doesn't bring like like. Hoff was saying they don't really bring players back after um, after they go into concussion protocol. But Goodell in the house would be an even worse if they did. Especially when everyone saw him get up all wobbly. Like, even if he didn't have a concussion, it's just, yeah, it's an awful look. Right. Yeah. No, that's good. Bad so, optics. Um, I, I do want to note it real quick before uh, we're about to get into the Saints game. Um, Carlton Davis just called, uh, just held Michael Thomas to zero receptions and zero yards. And then called him Slant Boy on Twitter. <laughs> Big fan of that. Well, to be fair, the exact same thing just happened with Lattimore, too, who has held uh, Mike Evans to two targets, zero yards, or zero receptions, whatever, um, the last three times that they've played and got on Twitter and started talking his crap after the game as well. Stats over wins. I'm I'm here for the agenda. I think we did. Did you guys notice yesterday all the uh, and and your boy Jamal Adams got in and right too. But all these players that were previously like Will Compton got in and right too. Clear players that were previously, um, eliminated were celebrating Pro, the team that eliminated no. them's loss. I'm not I'm not a big fan of. That. Oh yeah. Well, it was okay. So it was the fact that specifically. I mean, I don't know most of the other backstory, but I can speak to the Seahawks one. The Rams talked a lot of crap after they won, um, and we're all have fun in Cabo, you know, do your thing, like, you know, we'll see, you know, like, whatever, go go enjoy your vacation kind of thing. And it was more than normal, and so I think Seattle was celebrating that more than they would have previously because it was like, look, you know, wow, you guys got to play one more game and, and got smoked. Um, and even so, it, it's the fact that the Rams talk as much as they do, and Jalen Ramsey talks as much as he do or does and got ran past a couple times yesterday so and com- and Compton's was because the Ravens danced sure. on the it's, logo I think both both both, both those instances the, the other team talked it's just I do think it's interesting because it's been a trend I've kind of seen not just in the NFL but kind of all around the last year or so is you get eliminated well, yeah, you typically you yeah. typically you root for the team that beats you because it makes you guys look better you know I mean not root yeah. for them but you know like if, if you have to settle for another team winning it might as well be the team that beats you, but yes, um, yeah, I feel like more recently there's been a lot more, which probably for the sake of sports as a whole, it's a better thing, but it feels like yeah. there's been more kind of, you know, animosity between teams and, you know, like I said, maybe that's good, but 
Yeah. I think it was the thing someone on Twitter was talking about it was it it's it just a thing of in the in the age we're at the the losses don't sting as much anymore and and right. guys kind of realize what the deal is and they're going after stats over wins. And I'm not saying everyone's like that. There's still, you know, you have to be a, a competitive maniac to to play these sports. But well, and it um, takes it takes there's in the 24-hour news cycle where everyone can hop on Twitter after yeah. the game and whatever. It's not even so much just stats over wins. It's just like you you got to take care of what makes you look the best and whether that's, you know, winning or losing or talking smack, like, you know, so be it. And so these guys will, you know, all do that. So anyway. Yeah. I do have one thing to touch on about uh, slant boy. <laughs> I, I just want you to know that I will never use slant boy as a, as, as a derogatory term towards anyone because I wish Nebraska was all slant boys. Cause this is the only thing that works in the Big Ten and we don't run them. <laughs> also if you search slant boy on twitter the first person that pops up is michael thomas so. yep <laughs> <laughs> all right well uh tim what what are you thinking for the rest of the playoffs you got a team you're rooting for a team you're rooting against which one who are we talked to you uh tim b sorry hoffman's oh, already given yeah this. um i'm not really rooting with anybody but um I think I'm probably siding with the Chiefs just because I want my Mahomes goat talk to uh, have some substance. And I think if he gets a second <laughs> ring and a second uh, Super Bowl MVP, I think I can justifiably say, like, back up that the fact that this is the best quarterback I've ever seen with my eyes. Um, with, you know, he has the accolades. He'd have the accolades if he gets another ring. So for narrative purposes alone, I'm rooting for Mahomes and the Chiefs. Ugh. While we're on the Goat Talks growing legs side of conversations, uh, I think we need to address that graphic that got put up on social yesterday morning um, from the NFL analytics crowd um, highlighting what Aaron Donald has done this season. And if you hadn't seen it on Twitter, the graphic was traditional, you know, XY scatter plot kind of thing. The X axis was double team rate. And the y-axis was past team win rate. So the further to the right you are, the more often you get double teamed. And the higher you are on the y-axis, the more often you win your pass rush. And Aaron Donald was the farthest to the right and the highest on the win rate, which is absolutely absurd if you think about it. And I cannot think of another player, definitely in my lifetime and definitely in recent history, where uh, they have been as dominant as they have despite being so clearly, you know, highlighted as the opposing, you know, team to player to beat. The closest thing I can say to how this man looks in the NFL getting through double teams, I haven't seen anything like it since Indomitian Zoo is getting double teamed. Yeah, I was just going to say that. Like, like he it's insane. In too. That's what's crazy. Yeah. Well, that early in his career as well. Yeah. He was winning big stuff up there in Detroit. Also he was winning true. double teams all day, especially against the Vikings. Um, that's not a shot, but like, I, I just haven't seen a lineman that can get through a double team. Like he can, it's like, he has more moves than are ever even taught to a lineman. Like he has a different move, like every three weeks that cannot be stopped. It's insane. Well, it's, he's playing defensive end from a defensive tackle position. And that's a scary thing. Yeah. And again, uh, Trey, oh, well on your, on your talk about the graphic, it's not just that he's the farthest to the right and the highest it's by a good amount there's no one even close oh yeah 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 there's no one in the same ballpark as him 
it's terrifying. And it's like, it's one of those things that even yesterday, like you could tell he was hurt and it was still one of those things that the defense was clearly keying in on him and trying to keying away from him. Uh, well, yeah, that is Aaron Donald talk. Uh, I guess I didn't answer my own segment. Who do you got that I highlighted? Um, yeah, I'm feeling anybody but the Packers, to be honest. I would rather die than live through a Packers Super Bowl. Um, but You've lived through one already. Well, I know, but in this moment. And I was actually excited for the Packers to win that one. But now I've I've soured on the Packers as a whole and Aaron Rodgers and all that. But um, I'm got, I mean, I got to root for the bills in this situation. I mean, I don't necessarily think they'll do it, but I got to root for them and then we'll root for the bucks and then the chiefs and then the Packers. I want to, I want to, I want to step back once with, with, with talking about Aaron Donald with the goat. There, there's something that we didn't touch on from tonight's game. We may have seen Drew Brees' final game. How does he st- how does he sit in your mind when when looking at a career-wise, stats-wise, where he sits on the greatest of all time list? We don't have to go through all those, but it, it feels so weird losing. Like, there was such a long, long time in between losing Peyton Manning and now losing Drew Brees, and it just feels like we're going to start losing all of the quarterbacks we grew up watching. This is true. I, I personally would say Drew Brees is, I mean, he's got to be in the top five. That doesn't feel like it's a top, uh, that hot of a take. I mean, I know he didn't ever get an MVP, but, like, who cares? He won a Super Bowl and did his thing and 13-time Pro Bowler, all that good stuff. I mean, you can pull all the numbers you want, but, like, dude holds records on records and has been about as dependable as they come in, outside of, you know, really, like, one season. Um, he's played every game, you know, that kind of thing, like – you you take that. I feel I just, like I'm going to get disrespectful. So oh. I, I won't. Oh, no. oh no! I I went through that whole nice speech about this man, and you're just going to rip him to shreds. Not while the body's still warm, Tim. <laughs> if you talk about his baby from the Super Bowl, I will throw hands. No, okay. <clears throat> Here's what I think. So, if you look at Drew Brees, and Matthew Stafford's careers. Oh, oh, get out. Get out. Get out. Oh, no. Oh, no. Here's, here's the deal. Okay, here's the deal. I think I think Drew Brees is a great quarterback, and I'm, I'm purely talking from a, from, a, from a number standpoint. I think Matthew Stafford is underrated because he plays for a – and at this point in his career, it's too late to salvage anything because I think his prime is beyond, be, behind him. But Stafford was playing for a garbage organization. Um and put up insane numbers, and also never had the coaching stability or team stability that Drew Brees ever did. Um, I think the narrative around Brees is a lot different if he doesn't get that ring against the Colts. I don't but think at the so. Same time, yeah, at the same time, Drew Brees has so many like records and has been as efficient as he's been, has always won. Like, like Stafford is in a different spot. I mean, I, I personally am very pro Stafford because I think he has a lot of a lot of talent and it got wasted on the Lions and if he'd been on a team like the Saints it would have been different. But like Drew Brees has I don't know 8 or 9, you know, t- you know, 10 win seasons or something like that and he I mean like I I mean I I think you got to look at that plus the fact that he's led the league in passing 
eight or nine years and is the all-time leading record holder or yard holder, excuse me. Um, I mean, there, there's just so many things that he has that are like literally no one else has ever done. So that needs to be considered. I just think that's so disrespectful, Tim. Like, no, he, like listen, yes, okay. I'm, yes, not, I'm not saying I'm not saying they're the same person. I'm just saying from from at the end of the day, in like 20 years from now, from a numbers perspective, we'll be looking at these two in no, this way. I think no, if it wasn't no, for this, no, we're gonna be looking at Breeze, Manning, Rogers, and Brady. We're not. Gonna I, be I think we about we talk that. we talk about it now. You're like the thing is is like I don't think y'all realize how with the numbers Stafford's. Stafford's doing. He's going no, to no, retire. No, they're they're incredible. Yeah, and that's what I'm saying is like he's going to retire like like quietly be like up there on a lot of different he's numbers. Going to and... be underrated, but he's playing with like four of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. Just because they play at the same time doesn't mean you can compare. Yeah, man, sure. Stafford has great numbers, but they are not Breeze numbers, man. And also, like you talk about the Super Bowl. I mean, they were a BS pass interference call away from going to another Super Bowl. They had the Minneapolis Miracle, mm-hmm. which, yes. I mean, that would have put them in another NFC Championship game. So Breeze's best teams. Yeah. For sure. Like, for him to be – because he's older than Brady, right? No, he's younger than Brady. He's like, younger than Brady. Like two years. Either way, he, he has the most yards, the most completions. Yeah. He's fifth in career passer rating. He's – I think second touchdowns. I mean, like he's done all of these things and I hate the NFL just because of how many players there are in the NFL. I, I hate the like MVP, you know, you have to have X number of MVPs to really be like established or whatever, because it sucks that, you know, there's only one MVP and, and defensive players, you know, have a decent shot at winning as well and stuff like, I mean, yes, it's usually a quarterback and whatnot, but like you have to compete with the Aaron Donalds and stuff like that to win your MVP. And you see plenty of years where, you know, 2015, you know, Russ and Drew Brees and all these guys have good years, but Cam Newton, who didn't play quite as well in 2015 as he did maybe, say, in, like, 2014, has a 15-1 and team, wins an MVP that year, and shuts people out. And it's like, okay, well, you know, what do you do with that? Um, but, yeah, I think, I mean, well, sure. But, you know, either way, all that's to say is, um, like, what, 2009 was the year that the, the Saints went to the Super Bowl, right? 2009, and they won against the Colts. Um, that year... In 2009, uh, Drew Brees completed 71% of his passes for 34 touchdowns and 11 interceptions, the most touchdowns in the league, the highest touchdown percentage in the league. He had a 110 passer rating, the highest in the league, the highest QBR, and the second highest yards per attempt and didn't win the MVP. So, like, you know, what do you even make of that? His team went 13-2 and when he was the starter, and he put up those kind of numbers and didn't win an MVP. For sure. And here's a question. Oh, go ahead, Timothy. Okay. Um, I think with the thing with for me with Breeze is I think I'm a bit overreactionary to the sour taste I think the last two years have left in my mouth. That's of true. Watching him play on very talented teams, and to me, it feels like he's there, like uh, uh, if he's holding them back, and it's no one's fault. You're not gonna tell you know your Hall of right. Fame quarterback, arguably you know 
one of the best again not even arguably but one of the best quarterbacks of all time you can't shut him out <laughs> exactly and but the problem is 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 he wasted two good two really really good years yeah. for the saints and the saints like the saints are are in cap are like there's no such thing as cap hell anymore but they're like they, they're projected to be like like negative a hundred million dollars in cap space this offseason jeez like they are in literally i mean hell. if if Jameis winston plays the game tonight they win right Yes, probably. Yeah, because Jamie's can make the throw, and I think I think it's just that aspect of it. And I think when I really sit down and get to like really like go back and look at Breeze, I I'll acknowledge him better. And, and there's also you know there's no denying kind of the influence he had because he was the first like legitimate like short quarterback to do it, and, like set set this precedent for everybody else. And it took some time between him and you know Russ and Kyler and all these shorter quarterbacks, but he he kind of set the precedent and like show that hey we can like these guys can do that like the short court, short quarterbacks can play and it is it's kind of funny that we look at the last 2 years for Breeze like we do when the past 2 years he's had career years in completion percentage and has still been you know he still threw for 4000 yards 2 years ago and you know has crazy high passer ratings and all this stuff for like, sure, but I, the last you three also have to remember that you also have to remember that the the last two years he from from a you have to look at the yards per completion. It it was no, it, I, I know. believe it was severely down from last two years, mainly because the the offense kind of ran through Kamara and it was a lot of dump offs and screens. Well, actually, to be fair, uh, from a yards per attempt standpoint, I I don't know what the yards I guess yards per completion is a little bit down, but from a yards per attempt standpoint. Um, he was at 7.9 in 2019 and 7.5 this year. And his best number was 8.5 at any point in his career. And that was during the 2009 season. But it's not like it's not like crazy down. Like he's had way worse years than the years he's just put up these last two. Um, and from a yards per completion standpoint, it's a really similar story. Like it's not great, but like he's had worse seasons even earlier or, or closer to his prime. Um then he, you know, he's had these last two years, but it, it's funny because I think it puts into perspective what his greatness is. That still incredible is looked at as, you know, oh, he's he's lost it. He's lost his touch. Yeah. Okay, I've I have a question for you guys. Let's say besides Rogers, uh, Mahomes, and Breeze, how many current NFL? starting quarterbacks do you think or who is an NFL starting quarterback that you think can make a be or by the end of his career be a top 10 all-time NFL quarterback or even top 15 well top 15 so so yeah Mahomes Rogers Breeze and like Russell Wilson does Deshaun Watson getting traded to the Broncos uh, this summer count? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we, we can. I think. I think Deshaun has the highest ceiling of anyone who is like you know kind of in that capacity. I mean, I think it, Kyler Murray. The verdict is still so far out on what his attainable ceiling is, but I think his potential is there for him to be a you know top ten quarterback if he played like it but i don't think he'll ever quite hit that uh, you know ceiling or whatever based on limitations and systems and defenses figuring out everything and yeah. i think I mean, the I same think, is said I, for like lamar jackson yeah and i think i think josh is up there 
I think if Josh Allen can, I think Josh, Josh can Allen can there. progress. Because the thing yeah. is, is this thing about the step Josh took from year two to year three, and if he can take any type of step from here, it, it's terrifying because you're matching basically him getting better, getting smarter, and matching that with all the physical talent in the world. I mean, yet watching yesterday's game. He is throwing balls like incompletions just for the sake of it, just bombing at 60 yards downfield, like rifling it into the stands. His arm talent, and like he's he's got a rare arm. And I mean, Mahomes has a rare arm too, but Mahomes, I don't think Mahomes has the pure strength that Josh does. Well, no, he he has a rare arm, but the only ever concern, I mean, to be fair, the the only concern was like I was his accuracy, but it was also the he was athletic but he wasn't really a runner athletic like he wasn't a dual threat kind of athletic um and he's come into the nfl and has been in lots of ways a quote-unquote dual threat quarterback but more so like he always had a cannon and that was what everybody always knew he was just tall and had a massive arm but he couldn't do anything with it he was a loose cannon and this year he's completed almost 70 percent of his passes and that is absolutely wild to me um and definitely needs to be you know i mean i will be the first to say that i was not high on josh allen you know watching him throw five picks against nebraska and watching him just kind of struggle against every power five defense he played i never thought he could make it in the league you know he's a bad he had a bad completion percentage in college and couldn't do anything against good defenses and here he is now with a 70 percent completion percentage and he looks good in shorts so I mean, think about even, even even last year. I don't think anyone expected this from what we saw last year. Like this, just the the, the step he took in his game from no. yeah. You and, don't you don't jump ten completion percentage points in a off season. I mean, that just yeah, doesn't you, happen. Like I, and maybe and even beyond the numbers, like watching his game, you don't suddenly become accurate. Like you don't. That just doesn't happen. Like. I have no accuracy idea what he did. Accuracy and arm strength are not things you fix. Yes. And it's wild. Like, it's just, it's just wild kind of the step that he's taken in his in his game. But I think he's he's a guy that is close. I think it's way too – the verdicts, it's, it's just way too – we're entering right. a good era of young quarterbacks. I think it's just too early on a lot of guys. Like, I think yes. Joe Burrow's ceiling's limited just from what we've seen so far because of his limitations in certain areas. I think Justin Herbert has the highest ceiling of like the rookie quarterback. I think Justin Herbert's going to be a really good quarterback by the time he's said and done. I think he'll be a really good quarterback, but I don't know if he's going to ever be like a top ten quarterback. I mean, that's the thing. Like you got to think about, and not that you guys haven't thought about it, but like the difference between being a very good quarterback and being a top ten quarterback are. I mean, it's a gulf. Like there are a lot of good quarterbacks in the league. I mean, like you know Ben Roethlisberger career good quarterback and is definitely on the outside looking in of the, you know, top 10, top 15, you know, whatever. Um, and, you know, plenty of guys like that. Jeez, his, yeah. his stats, his stats this year, 4,336 passing yards, 66% completion, completion percentage, 98 passer rating, 31 touchdowns, 10 interceptions. Who is that? That's Herbert. That's a pretty good line. No, it's a great line. Yeah, um, <laughs> he'll be awesome. But yeah, like I said, I I think the the conversation about who can actually make the top ten or top fifteen, I think the the list I feel most confident in in this moment is Breeze, Mahomes, Rogers, and then possibly Wilson. 
Yeah. I think um, for me, one thing that, that I kind of learned this year from the season, and I mean, you know, we've still got a couple weeks left, but I've gained a whole new respect for Aaron Rodgers for a lot of reasons. But one being what's happening in Dallas, how good he's been this year at this point in his career, um, kind of how he's opened up, like you, like Trey was talking about with the Pat McAfee show, and kind of, you know, become a different type of character, you know what I mean? Like, I think he kind of shied away from being a media person and kind of letting people into his life, and he's he's opened up a lot. Um, and just the way he plays is so much fun to watch, you know what I mean? And how, with how incompetent we've seen Mike McCarthy is, like the fact that he was able to have as much success as he was considering how incompetent the quarterback or the, the coach was that like you know he was made McCarthy look like a great coach. Yeah, he did. Yeah, he made Mike McCarthy look good for what a decade. He gave Mike McCarthy a, a job and a platform for like a decade and a Super Bowl. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> well, and it's it's funny too because I I will be the first to say that I just don't like Aaron Rodgers. He's a phenomenal quarterback, but I just don't like him. And but it is it's interesting that like he has kind of embraced almost that villain status and said like, you know, I don't really care what people think anymore. And I'm going to go talk my, you know, crap all over everywhere to anyone who will listen. Um, and you know, it's always a good time. His smirk yesterday. Yes. Before that absolute <laughs> bomb he tossed. Mm-hmm. I was j- I, like, that's got to just strike fear into every defensive player in the NFL. On Aaron Rodgers, who is having fun and playing the system the way it's supposed to be, is the most dangerous thing. It's insane. I'd be scared if I was still in the playoffs. That's like, I think a former player tweeted out, it's like, they hated playing against Aaron Rodgers because he's just slinging it, having the time of his life, smiling, having fun, and you're, you know, trying to figure out how the heck to stop it and getting so mad and so frustrated. And you just look over and the dude's smiling before he throws a forty-yard bomb on you. Like, yep, it's it's ridiculous. It was it was that same, uh, you know, you kind of saw from Kyler earlier this year when he saw that he had D Hop one on one on the edge. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So well, college hoops. Yeah. anybody anybody watching college hoops I just over Christmas? Home. I have one word to say, just one oh. word, and that'll explain everything that I feel about this college hoop season, and that is Gonzaga. How did we know what you were going to say? <laughs> Rich, Richmond's winning it all. You guys heard it here first. Richmond is winning it all. No, this is Gonzaga's year, baby. Fighters, baby. This, year, this year's weird because, like, the typical Blue Bloods, your Dukes, your North Carolinas, your Kentuckys, your Michigan States – they're all down. So, like, you look at the top, you have Gonzaga, Baylor, and then, like, Texas and Kansas. And, I, like I was thinking about it, the only team I trust to win a Final Four is Gonzaga out of those, like, five teams. I think Baylor's not far behind Gonzaga, but... Oh, they are. They are. Gonzaga's really good, but Baylor... Tim, ba- Tim. Gonzaga has beaten, I mean, it was maybe a week ago, I don't know what the current rankings are, but a week ago, Gonzaga had beaten five of the top 12 teams by double digits. It's still not as good as Charlotte, but go ahead. That it, it's, it's Richmond, but that's okay. Sorry, yeah. 
Starlight 49ers also. Uh, no, never mind. I, I, I lost my Oh, I got to pick a new team. <laughs> I, just wanna, I just want to say that I, right now, the Gonzaga betting odds, like if you just wanted to bet them to win the national championship, they're plus 350. And Oh, for sure. Which working in college athletics, odds. none of us condone. No, right. Yes. We're not actually going to go <laughs> bet on anything, but the next best is Villanova at plus 700. Literally double the odds. Villanova? Yep, and then Baylor at plus 800. Why is Villanova Nova, that? Nova has gotten sneakily, uh, like a sneakily good resume. I was looking at Gary Parrish's 25-1 and one today, um, and he was explaining the case for Villanova. And I will read it to you here right now. Uh, Villanova's resume at this moment, they haven't played in a while because of COVID stuff, um, but they have wins over Texas, Marquette, and Arizona State. Not bad. Texas. Not bad. Ew. Okay, I guess, yeah. Baylor's schedule wasn't as strong as I thought it was. Because, like, their game against Texas got postponed. Their game against a ranked West Virginia team got postponed. They played Kansas Monday night. So right. that'll we'll tomorrow know, night. We'll know a lot more then. Yeah. But in this situation, in this Gary Parrish top 25 that he's put out, and Gary Parrish is a CBS writer um, who's pretty acclaimed in a lot of ways, uh, he has uh, West Virginia 9, uh, Virginia 15, um, Hold on one second. Kansas 8 and Iowa 4. And Gonzaga has beaten all of them by double digits. So in this situation, yeah, uh, four top 15 teams and three top 10 teams. Um, yeah, I, I would, if I were not in college athletics, I would take my money to the closest casino and put uh, maybe 100 bucks or a couple hundred bucks on Gonzaga. Um, and let that one ride because the, that this is the one year where it feels like there aren't enough really good teams to knock out a, a, a team as good as Gonzaga is, and this is probably the best Gonzaga team Mark Few has had um, out of all the good Gonzaga teams he has. And because he doesn't have to compete with the Duke or the Kentucky or even you know North Carolina, like none of these teams that are traditionally powers are having the years that they would normally have. Gonzaga will make that run. Gonzaga is Gonzaga. They will lose in the Sweet 16. See, okay. Here here's here's my take. I I trust I've watched Duke basketball long enough to know that there will be a game where, you know, you shoot like you rely on the 3 all year and then you shoot like 15%. My point is, and we've seen college basketball have success with this with the Virginias and the Villanovas of if you can hold team, if you can play good enough defense to hold teams under 60 points, like you're going to have a good tournament run. And I think that's what Baylor has. Want to hear a crazy stat that I didn't know until this year that blew my mind unrelated to Gonzaga. No final four team ever in the history of final fours has had a team defense Worse than fiftieth in the country. Defense wins championship. Wow, that's all you gotta say. It, it, it wins championship in basketball. 
It doesn't in football anymore. This is true. <laughs> but, that's, but that's why Creighton is never going to go anywhere because they never have a good defense. Yeah. I love Creighton, Slander. It doesn't matter what time of the year it is. <laughs> <laughs> Would you like to guess where Creighton is currently pulling at team defense? At nope, don't care. Well, but we want to dunk on it. 76. Okay. Um, hold on. Give me one second. I am pulling it here. He's still scrolling down. That's a good sign. It is a great <laughs> sign. Hold on. They are currently checking in at 139. Ooh. In a tie with Cleveland State, baby. Cleveland State known powerhouse basketball. What's player. Nebraska? I bet Nebraska's I bet Nebraska's not that far off. Uh all right, let me go look at Nebraska really quick. Um, Tim just, D, while we're just, waiting, do you have any thoughts on college basketball at all? Uh, not Tim, really. who, which prospects? Which prospects have you been watching this season? Um, <laughs> yeah, I know. I I hate that you know I don't pay attention to teams. Um, Kevin yeah, obviously, I think Cunningham's the truth. <laughs> um, I think Jalen Suggs is the truth. Um, I am the truth. I like Greg Brown for Texas. Um, he's had a good year. Um, I'm still high on him. I'm very confused, and we talked about this in the in the forgotten pod, um, or the lost pod. Um, but I'm very confused as to how BJ Boston and Terrence Clark are this bad, because every the people whose opinions I trusted on the game, um, John Calipari, Calipari, yep. who's one of the goats, um. But, like, you know, they all invested in those two players. You know what I mean? And Mm -hmm. it pretty much just seemed like a sure thing that both of those guys were going to be really, really good. Like, potentially two of the best Kentucky had in a while. Because Kentucky, you know, they've been good, obviously, because of Kentucky. But they hadn't had, like, generational guys recently. You know what I mean? And it felt like Boston and or Clark would have been that. And... It's just kind of stunning how bad they are and how, like, it just, like, it just doesn't make sense to me. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it just, I don't understand it. And I don't know basketball well. Like, you know what I mean? I don't I don't study basketball or scout basketball well enough to really know what's wrong with them. It's just one of those things that it should be working and it's just not. And it's just so hard to understand. Uh, worth noting that that, uh, that... List we were going off of for defense had Nebraska at 258. <laughs> Yikes. It's tough. I'm trying to figure out – that's that's just on scoring defense, though. So I'm trying to figure out if there's a better metric for actually measuring, like, team defense um, than just scoring. But in points per game, Nebraska is not doing so hot. I, f- I, figured, I figured Doc Sadler was better than that, but – Well, to be fair, they're getting lit up by – really good Big Ten teams this year. I mean, the Big Ten yeah. is probably the best Big Ten we've seen in five years. and Oh, probably ever. Well, and that's, but that's saying a lot because of how good the Big Ten has been in the past five years. And I mean, Nebraska's still putting up points, though. It, it's not It's not like they're not putting up points to go along with the ones they're giving up. They're not scoring right. enough, but... No, yeah. Yeah. Oh, you know, know. you know who's cold? Uh, Sharif Cooper. I was a, I literally was just about to say that. Sharif that kid is cold. 
He's averaging like 22 a game with 10 assists. He's got like four or five rebounds. Oh, dude, he's yeah. insane. Um, but yeah, have you all watched Kentucky? Can can someone who's watched more Kentucky than me? Like I've I've watched bits and pieces, and obviously I keep up. I follow a good amount of Kentucky people. Um, have any insight as to why they're so bad? I, I've watched a couple games, and honestly, this year's Kentucky team reminds me a lot of North Carolina's team last year. Mm-hmm. Like yep. they're they're not awful. They're they're really not no. that bad, but they're not winning games. It doesn't seem like they're meshing terribly well. Exactly. I was about to say the exact same thing. I but think I f- they're a team that has a lot of stars and not a lot of chemistry. Yeah, I, I just feel they, they they remind me of North Carolina from, from last year. Like, obviously, yeah. we didn't get the tournament, but I feel like towards the end of the year, they started to put together, and they might have made a big NIT run. Um, oh, yeah. With how good the SEC kind of is this year. They're not, they're not great, obviously, but they've got some stars and they've got some, some teams that could win some big games, like yep. Alabama, Auburn. Uh, I, yep. I don't know. I can see Kentucky still squeaking in. Probably not going to happen because they're probably not going to play a whole lot of more games, but they can. I, I, run. Yeah. I fully expect Kentucky to still make the tournament. Yeah. And they, I mean, they've been, they've been better since the SEC, like in conference play started. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The and you never great. Yeah, yeah, for sure. But and, and what happens is, you know, they they stack the non-con of their con. You know, you're playing Kansas and Michigan State. You know, all those good teams they play, and then you got all these freshmen, and you know, you lose three or four straight, and then it's like, uh oh, and then all it takes is for them to win three straight games, and that they're off they've and rolling. Only, they've only lost to Richmond, mm-hmm. Kansas. Louisville and Alabama. No, and all. Wait, I'm so confused. No, they you're you, they're they're four and eight. You're you're way yeah, off. Never mind. They <laughs> just said ten and three on Google for a second. I got really confused. But to yeah, be completely then I'm honest, Kentucky. It seems like they're playing up to their. So when they play a bad team, they play down. When they play a good team, they're up for the majority of the game. I know, like the, I watched the North Carolina game, and they ended up getting almost blown out of that one. I think they lost by like 10 or 12. Yeah. They got smacked around by Georgia Tech. They got smacked while, around. While we're at it, Georgia Tech lost to Mercer this year. That's all I'm saying. Did they really? Yeah, Mercer beat them by like 10. And didn't Bama just smack Kentucky like last week? Yeah, Bama, Bama smacked Kentucky by 20. And Auburn beat Kentucky by 7. My point is they lost to here. I, I had it. They lost to Kansas by three, you know, Notre Dame by one, Louisville by two. If two or three of those games go the other way, especially like let's say the Kansas one goes the other way, we're probably talking about a completely different Kentucky team. Oh, totally. If you get a big win against any of those ranked teams yeah. that you played, if you have one of those, it, you're, you're feeling decent at this moment going into conference play. You're like, yeah, we just. We just got to beat our Georgias and our LSUs, and but Kentucky's got a big one against Texas, and then another. They, they got a stretch of three straight ranked teams in Texas, Missouri, and Tennessee in the span of a week. They that Missouri team is pretty teams. damn good too. Like that's the seventeenth that come out of the seventeenth in the country. I Tennessee had a great team as well. Aren't they top ten? Yep, ten, number ten. And, and actually, Kentucky gets them twice in the span of two weeks. So 
that'll be, I mean, really, that'll be the make or break. I mean, K- Kentucky can totally still get into the tournament if they win a, a handful of those games. Um, they're going to get the chance to prove that they can come together and if some of those players can play legit, but it's not looking great at this moment. So we're getting near to the end. Do we want to switch yep. to the NBA and talk a little bit about that before we leave? Yeah, I mean, I'm down. Because there, so there has been some news over in my neck <laughs> that uh, has kind of taken the NBA by storm. After LeBron James hits a dirty three and turns around, <laughs> just talking smack with his bench, the Nets trade for the beard. Trey, okay. I, I I don't know. I was really, really against it at first. I really liked Karis LeVert. I really liked uh, Jared Allen. Like I, I was very high on the Nets' young guys. But after thinking over it for, boy, it's almost been a week, not quite. I think it, the trade came in through like Monday or Tuesday last week. Yeah, I think it was Tuesday. It's, it's grown on me a little more. Yes, those guys could have been good, but they hadn't reached their potential yet. And I think they're just going to try to go in while the East is wide open. You've had some teams that are a little bit down this year. The Nets barely made the playoffs last year, but even with a very lackluster team with a couple guys not going to the bubble, like they put up a good fight in the first round. And then you get KD. Nobody knows where Kyrie's at. I, you'd have a better chance be back of finding me to go play with the Nets than you would Kyrie right now. <laughs> but, well, here's the question. Here's the question. Because I, I wasn't exactly sold, sold on the Nets, like, as, like, being legit, legit before this trade. But I feel like I'm definitely not sold on them now because, like, I, I was pretty convinced that the Nets were deep. Like, they were they were Kevin Durant and Kyrie plus, you know, any collection of Joe Harris, Jeff Green, DeAndre Jordan, Karis LeVert, like, whoever, Jared Allen, like, trot that out there. But, like... Then you have a second unit that could start for a bottom feeder, you know, like and, and still be a starting NBA lineup and will just shred everybody's second unit. And now you have, I mean, in a lot of ways, probably the most talented starting lineup. But I feel like your second unit is, I mean, what, Timothy Luau Cabarro is going to get a decent amount of touches and, you know, guys like that. But like, I mean, I like them, and analytics that, Twitter loves them. But that—that's the thing. You look at that second team, and you think, man, there's like not a lot of names on here. But when you actually look through it, like Tyler Johnson's coming off the bench. Like Landry Landry Schmidt isn't getting a lot of time, but he's still a good player for only. Well, they'll get time now. I mean, yeah, they—they're yeah. they, they're built. They're built to be a contender, and I'm like, I think they are. But I just yeah. I get concerned that when you try to make a deep playoff run, and suddenly you've got to play the you know, Lakers that have, you know, a pretty, a good core, but then, I mean, they're trotting either Marc Gasol or, you know, I mean, whoever they're, uh, like Trez Harrell out at the five, you know, one of those two guys. I mean, that's just a tough situation to not have a Jarrett Allen you can go to in that situation or a DeAndre Jordan you can go to in that situation. And then a Karis Levert to run your point of your second Mm -hmm. unit. I mean, shoot, if they do something crazy and like, I mean, Kyrie would never go for it, but if they went for something crazy and like brought Kyrie off the bench and had Kyrie lead the second unit because the first unit was fine as is, I mean, that that's the kind of creativity that I think can win him a championship. But like, I don't know. It's just tough. I don't I, see him beating the Lakers, but I, I don't think a step from Karis LeVert running the offense to Spencer Dinwiddie running the offense is that 
big of a drop. Well, yeah, but Spencer's been known to go off for twenty five. But he's now he's now out for the season, and that's the tough part. That's true. Like I'm talking, I'm talking for this year specifically, because you can go make you can go make decent moves in this coming off season, and then build your team better around the big three that you have. And I think that that's perfectly fine. But for this season, I thought they could be a championship contender this year with their you know previous form. And I'm not so convinced that their current form is really championship caliber. That that makes much more sense. I I still look at them as a next year type of team, and that's fine. You you can't I, I, you I can can't throw them. KD playing his first full year here. Uh, some guy who believes that the world is flat just not playing, and then James Harden. Like you can't just toss them in with a team in one year and expect them to be great. Yeah. Well, don't they, I mean don't be wrong. I still think they're good. I, well, I mean, I think they're still two or three seed in the East, and they'll probably make the finals. I just don't think they'll win. Yeah, yeah. I I don't know who in the East can match their firepower right now. I think I don't. I have to say, I think Boston, probably Boston or the Bucks, definitely. Boston can a- match it. The yeah. Bucks could match it if Giannis shows up in the playoffs. Yeah, and but at the end of the day, like who who's guarding Anthony Davis on this Nets team right now? Nobody. There's no one. No one. The only person that has a chance is Nick Claxton off the bench, and even oh, even brother. then, he's not guarding oh, Anthony Davis. Oh, brother, yeah, uh, no, I'm I'm talking about in, in height alone, in height alone. No, Other than that, there's yeah. nobody on that team. Well, and, yeah. that, and that's what Jarrett Allen brought to the table. Not that exactly. Really, I mean, no one, no one can guard Anthony Davis. Let but that you, be, you give let at least give yourself play. a chance. That's the thing. Jared but Jared Allen gave you a chance. Probably kind of do it. He's yeah. athletic enough and has the height to do so. And he might get yeah. one block against Anthony Davis, and he might think twice about going to the plane again because that that's pretty much all Jared Allen was good for was free throws and block shots. Yeah. So, and, and it's, yeah. for this year specifically, I don't. I think the the Lakers' biggest competition stands in uh in the West. Yes. In if the Clippers can put it together for a full series or whatever, which I don't think will happen. Um, but and I I do think we'll see if Giannis shows up for a playoffs because I do think this Bucks team can give can give some people the run. But I don't I don't know if the Nets are done. Necessarily oh yeah. Because I have I have. Decent Bucks team could, I mean, a, a Bucks team that gets Giannis to show up like mm-hmm. they need him to is is a incredibly dangerous Bucks team. Yeah, and and even looking like even looking at the Nets, I I'm not sure if they're done yet because I think what right. they're going to do is they're going to see how these three gel. Um, totally. I could see a world where Kyrie's the odd man out and they try to get yep. something for him, a, a piece that can help neutralize, like I said, the Anthony Davis threat. Uh, or provide something else to this team, um, which because right now it's 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 just kind of all a lot of offense and you know Kevin Durant, who Kyrie for Ben Simmons straight up. Who says no? <laughs> oh, I don't want to talk I, about that's that's a I mean that would be that would be a fantastic trade if you ask anyone. I mean gives the defense uh, gives the Nets the defense that they need while also giving them insane athleticism at the point guard position. And yeah. gives uh, Joel Embiid a really nice playmaker to pair with him. Ben Simmons will never have to even think about shooting a three if he comes to the Nets. He won't even. Have I to which is this, the exact I think, point. I think Simmons needs the thing with me is I, I'm saying I'm still high on I'm still high on Simmons. I think I he needs to be with another franchise and needs to get like Markel got so much better just getting away right. from Philly. 
And I think – Or well, get away from Philly and get to a spot where you don't have to be the guy. Yeah. I mean, Joel Embiid's great, but like – But the, there's he, a difference. He that's only the, carries that's so much. That's the problem is I think the difference between Markel and Simmons is people are already out of Markel when they left. Simmons is still Ben Simmons. Like, he's still going to draw a certain amount of attention. I just think there's something going on in Philly where they're not able to connect because everything yeah. right now with Simmons is mental. He's like he's Simmons not... on a decent team where he doesn't have to be the guy, can yeah. be the guy, but doesn't have to be the guy. He'll blossom. Keep him away from Kendall. More so. You're fine. Yeah. So I, I I don't know I I I'm not I don't think we're done seeing movement in the in the NBA, um, and I think a big thing I'm watching like heading into the because I I don't think like I said I think the, I think the Clippers can put it together for a series. They're the team that on paper gives the Lakers the the the, the most trouble, but I just don't see it with that team anymore. Like what we've seen on the court, the way the Lakers have kind of broken them over the last two years, um, or one and a half years. Um, and Kawhi hasn't resigned, and I'm I'm curious to kind of see where he goes. You know, we're a long ways away from the off season, but it just kind of feels like he's not happy there anymore. You know what I mean? Yep, yep, yep. And I'm, I'm curious to kind of see where he lands because I think again, whoever lands Ka- Kawhi can, if they can build around him effectively, you can build that team into a contender. It, it just seems like there's so many teams in the NBA right now that are one or two pieces away from being. Yeah, I still yep. I still don't see that the yep. Lakers can get beat by any of those teams no matter what at this no. point, but there are teams that can make a deep playoff run with one or two more guys. I think the Sixers are a piece away. I think, I mean, we just discussed the Nets, but I mean, the Nets are championship contenders as mm-hmm. is. Um, I think the, I mean, the East sucks, but you know, you look in the West and I think the Jazz are right there, not Lakers level, but you know they're just about as good as anybody in the West with you know Mike Conley's reemergence and stuff like that. The Clippers are that way. The Suns feel like they're a piece away, or like you know not even like a piece piece, but like go get them like a you know Victor Oladipo or somebody like a you know Drew Holiday. I mean, not in that those because they've it's a just guard been, that's gonna get you uh, points. Somebody like that um, shoot like. I mean, not Deer and Fox because they have Chris Paul, but somebody like that. Um, the Mavs are probably a piece away. The Warriors are a Clay Thompson away. Uh, but they've, I mean, the way that they've played, the way that Steph has played, um, the Grizzlies could use a piece. The Thunder are surprisingly decent this year, which is funny. And the team I feel the weirdest about is the fact that the Nuggets are six and seven at this moment. Chai's nasty. Shai's amazing. Oh, I'm yeah. so Tremendous. into Shai. Such I a great second-to-last-round draft pick by Trey. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, that is the basically end of this podcast. Does anybody have any other final thoughts before we... we off in 10 minutes. Out? Timothy, give us some takes. Is Hoff dead? Oh, no. Hoff? I oh. think he might be. Well, I, he was muted for a while and then it unmuted, but now I don't hear him. So, how maybe much we just have to right now? Hoff probably went to Jimmy Johns. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if we can talk about Jimmy Johns on the podcast. No free ads. Um, no free ads. No, we I, gave Waterburger a free ad. Okay. Hoff, Hoff, can you talk now? Oh, no. He, he's gone. No, he's, he's gone, gone. Well, he's, boys. Oh, good Lord. If, if this program. 
uh, doesn't save all of Hoff's audio because Uh-oh. of might that. Oh, no. Good lord. Oh, no. Ladies and gentlemen, if it is not, you guys won't even hear any of our bad takes. You won't You won't hear me saying Charlotte. Oh, boy. Oh, no. If Hoff ruins the episode, good lord. Oh, you won't no. hear you won't hear Tim's awful take saying that Matthew Stafford and Drew Brees are basically the same guy. I know. Okay. All right. Lord willing, we still have a pod. Yeah. Anyway. I mean, wor- worst comes to the well. Uh, no. No. At know. this point, what's another week? We've already <laughs> carved the people from. We'll coming. have to record a mini pod midweek if we don't get anything out of this. <laughs> well, yeah. Hopefully. Or we could just record the whole thing and just act like none of this happened. <laughs> For the second straight talk. All right. Well, I'll into this one and just get out of here. Everybody sign it off. Everybody say goodbye, and we're getting out of here. All right, ladies and gentlemen, remember to follow all of the boys on yep. all the social media platforms. And, and you can find those... podcast underscore T-I-Z. Yep, you can find us linked in the bio. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Hopefully soon we'll get back to segments and planning and actually doing a podcast. But uh, it's been great. Thanks, guys.